God. Hallelujah. I remember uh, in uh, Nigeria, in Kaduna, Nigeria, used to be the capital of Nigeria, and uh, I went there and held a crusade, and it was uh, right after Reinhard Bonnke, and they had to put us behind seven locked doors in compounds uh, because of the fear of the Muslims attacking us and killing us. But the first night, they brought a lady to us, and uh, she had been pregnant for about 18 months. You say, oh, that's impossible. In the limited mind, yes. But there had been a curse put on this woman by a witch doctor. And one of the uh, general's wives was there. And this was well known in the city because of the uniqueness of it. No doctor would operate on her. No doctor would do anything. They just refused to get involved because they were afraid of the witch doctor. Well, the first night, we prayed for her. The next day, she gave birth to a living child. Now, we might think that that's impossible. There's nothing impossible to God. Amen. Amen. And he can reverse what the devil is doing or what witch doctors and witches can do all day long. Well, the uh, general's wife came to the compound, and so they made their way, and she got into our room, and uh, she told us that I knew this woman. I knew that that child had been declared dead and that a witch doctor had cursed her. And I just wanted to come and tell you I was there to hear the testimony of what God had done with that woman giving birth to that living child after 18 months. She said, and I just wanted to come and tell you to pledge my husband's help for you as long as you need it here in the city of Kaduna. That was a great, great miracle. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Here you go, Nikki. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles to Numbers, the 21st, I'm sorry, Numbers, the 12th chapter and verse 1. I'm going to talk today on racism. The only reason that I talk about this is because of the activity going on in our nation. Now, please understand that I'm not black. And uh, I do not have any thoughts to think that I know how a black person feels in America, how a black person feels of another tribe in Africa. I do not come here to present unto you that I know what a Hindu feels in India where Buddhists are trying to kill them. And I do not pretend to know what a Christian feels like in India. And I do not know how people 
of another preference of sexuality a homosexual or a lesbian feels. I don't know. I haven't been any of them no more than I've been black. I don't know. But I do know that our nation is torn apart. And what is happening on the streets in our cities is certainly a tragedy. But a greater tragedy is the division and the strife and this unseen hatred, disrespect for what other people are doing and we think that they represent the whole. Then, the virus before that. I was not concerned about the virus. I'm not concerned about the virus now. I just decided not to get it. Now, that does not mean that other people need not be cautious. That's not what I'm saying. I have people in our congregation that had loved ones die from this virus. But the greater impact of this coronavirus is its effect upon the body of Christ. That it has called name-calling. I can't tell you how many new names I've got <laughs> since I decided to shut down the church and went for a time period until they really found out more about the virus. I've been called faceless. I've been called manipulated by staff. I've been called uh, pressurized by people that control me. Phil has never put any pressure on me. And if you think anybody else around here controls me, you need to go to the doctor. Get your mind examined. What's left of it? I mean, it's been on Facebook. It's, I haven't had any posts in my yard yet. But the greater tragedy is that it pit brother against brother, weak against strong, questionable against the bold. Where it came from, what it's from, it, I, I don't know any of those answers, and neither do you. They're all presumptuous sides that we have taken. And it has divided the body of Christ. Now, I've absorbed the names because I've been called worse names than you called me by better people than you. And I mean that. It doesn't take much for somebody to call you a name. So I want to talk about racism. I'm not an expert in racism. But I need to address it because it affects our nation and it is effect, affecting our attitudes in our church. Racism has just been declared by a dictionary, best-selling dictionary on Amazon, that they are going to redefine what racism means because it's too surface. So they are right now in... Uh, throwing ideas around about how uh, racism can be defined to fit the present moment. 
And the basis of this racism has caused the whole world to rise up and to join, as it were, in arms one with another of people that have racism executed towards them. It is a worldwide movement. There are riots in London, there are riots in Paris, France, there are riots all over the world that's happening just like they are in America. So it needs to be addressed and it needs to be understood as much as I could present it. So the word racism, I looked up, is a belief that differences among various human racial groups based on color, culture, preferences, sexual preference, as well as religious preference, that racism is a belief that one group looking at another group that has certain characteristics, likes or dislikes, become inferior or some group becomes superior. And that's racism. And out of racism is simply an establishment of a systematic way to oppress people that we don't like or that we don't agree with based on color, gender, likes and dislikes, and so forth. Racism is a belief or is, let me say this, racism is a manifestation of an inward hatred for things that many times we don't understand. And so, what we do is we set up systematic things that oppress certain segments of our society. And understand they are part of our society, they are part of God's creation. And God is the only non-racist in the world. I'll tell you that, hallelujah. And uh, these programs, or these systematic things that exclude one group from another group, are racist, and they oppress those people, and what happens is it makes them unequal to other people. See, I heard it said that uh, black lives matter. And of course, everybody turns around and says, well, all lives matter. Well, all lives except unborn children matter. Now, it would have been nice if all lives matter, all black lives matter would have rallied and saved over the 50 million people that have been killed in the silence of rooms where nobody even knew their names. But that's another day and another subject. We only want to talk about what affects us. So, these programs or set into activity actions 
that oppress people. And it oppresses them and makes them unequal to others. Even our Constitution says that all men are created equal. But our systems are not. Our systems are flawed. Is this going to be resolved in the next month, Pastor? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Other words that are used for racism would be prejudiced, lack of tolerance, bigotry, narrow-mindedness, discrimination, bias, respect of persons. Racism is based on many things. It's not always because somebody has wronged you. Racism many times is inherited by stories and half-truths of things that have never happened. It's based on experiences that not everybody has had. It's based upon unfair judgments. It's based upon likes and dislikes, based on fear, sometimes on jealousy. You know that there's a great racist movement in America from the poor to the rich. And I know that people say, well, you know, they made their money off of our backs. But in the meantime, they paid you for what you did. Even Oprah hires people and makes $100 million a year, and I'm sure none of them get a million-dollar-a-year paycheck. Al Sharpton. The list could go on and on and on of everybody that has taken advantage of another person, yet they've been compensated for their time and asked for the job. So you can't complain that things were built on their backs. You can't penalize all people. My generation's only been here uh, my grandfather and my great-grandfather was the first ones that ever touched Ohio, and they came and lived in poverty. They didn't have any slaves. So I can't be punished for building anything on the backs of anybody except Phyllis's. Now, I, I'm not telling you that I understand how black people feel. I don't. But I am telling you that racism is alive in America. And it is against different religions, different beliefs. It is against people that you think are overweight. Do You know, I went on the government site the other day and put in my weight and my height and it came back and said, you are obese and in danger of dying. I am obese. Is this what you call obese? 
Now, I realize that I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'm also not so overweight that I can't see my shoes every day. It's based on color, sexual preference. We even are racist against people that have tattoos. I hear it all the time. Hairstyle. You remember when the, uh, what were them guys that lived in a submarine? Uh, the, Beatles. the Beatles. Do you remember when the Beatles came to America? Everybody that had long hair was a dope addict and a bum. No good, a criminal. You remember when Fonzie's long hair was his trademark. We counted everybody in our school whose hair touched their collar a rebel. Racism even comes clear down to hairstyle. It has to do with music preference. It seems like when the rap comes on, the pants fall down. People want to be racist against that. I, I, I don't think so. We haven't complained about plumbers and heaters, heat and air conditioning men for years. So all of a sudden, they come up and put music with it and everybody thinks they're weird. No. Uh, wealth and poverty. Even people that are addicts alcoholics we are racist against we don't want them a part of our society and we think there's something deeply wrong with them now numbers the 12th chapter and it says and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married for he had married an Ethiopian woman and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only to Moses? Hath not he spoken unto, uh, by us? And the Lord heard. And now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now you would have thought that Marion and Aaron would have been conscious of racism and how it belittles and how it destroys and steals the value of a race and of individuals as well as a household. Because in Exodus 1, 13 on down, there was a king born of Pharaoh that had inherited the throne, but he didn't know Joseph. And the indication in that he didn't know Joseph was that Joseph had never infused his faith in this Pharaoh. So this Pharaoh, without God, became racist against the nation of Israel and made them slaves. That gives us one key. Without godliness, racism will always run rampant. It is a work of the flesh and nothing more. So a nation right now that you and I are in is being stretched. It is being challenged. 
and parts of it are being destroyed because of racism. It is being destroyed because some have come from the dark areas of our world and said we want racism addressed. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do know that the church no longer can be passive because racism is a spiritual issue and it must be dealt with spiritual weaponry. Amen. It must be because you and I are created equal in the eyes of God. Amen. And so now we have this issue coming to the forefront. Now, I do not want anybody to think that I agree with rioting, burning, murder, harm to people, harm to uh, material things, houses, homes, businesses. Absolutely not. And the biggest part even of black people do not agree with that. So you can't throw everybody in one basket any more than you can throw all white people are devils. All white people aren't devils. Now I do know some that act like them. I'm just talking about in the small knowledge of people that I know. And there are people that act like devils and treat other people without value. But that's not all white people. Amen. If you hate white people, meet me. Just meet me. You will like me. I'm telling you, I check with God. He loves me. He liked me. He made me in his image. And I like myself. Now, there is some question concerning the other people I'm associated with. But I like myself. Many Americans and church people are confused, they're offended, they're disappointed in the people who are involved in this. But I've never been oppressed. I don't know what it does to the human soul. I, I don't know. And maybe some of you are psychiatrists and you do know. But I don't know what it's like. And I do understand that there is reverse discrimination. And it cuts deep and it wounds those that it is being reversed on. So I don't agree with all that is going on, but I do agree that everybody should have a voice in America. I do agree. And so we as Americans, as well as Christians, have got to begin to face racism and we have to judge it to see if we are a part of it. Now racism is not new. Uh, Germany was a very racist nation. It killed 1.9 Polish people. Killed them. 
killed them. Over 70,000 of them were killed unidentified with the Jews. And then we can't forget the great slaughter of over 6 million Jews in gas chambers in Germany. We can't overlook that. Racism. No face, no names, no value. Even today, as I was looking up on the uh, internet, I looked up the Irish. Because in America, it seemed like every new influx of people have to go through the oppression of racism. And so, the Irish that came here from Ireland were oppressed for years. In fact, if you were in Ireland, you were oppressed by a Protestant or by a Catholic where they bombed schools, killed children, killed families, mothers, fathers, grandfathers, all in the name of Christianity. Then Irish people come here. And I thought, is racism still against Irish people? And it said this on the web. Is Irish racism still alive? Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. There is equality only one place. At the cross. Besides that, there is comparison. There is judgment. There is a value system that divides people. And we need to judge people on their merit and not on hearsay. I spoke to a black lady in our church and I said, well, you know, uh, we got a bunch of nice white folks at Only Believe Ministry. She said, yeah, yeah, I love you, Pastor. You're blind as a bat and dumb as a goat, but I love you. Now you would say, oh, no, no my wife talks to me worse than that. She said, I have walked into the bathrooms of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center and be standing in a line and people walk in front of me as if I did not exist and take my place. I said, oh, you must be in the Baptist church. She said, no, Pastor, I ain't never been to Baptist church. She said, I was at our church. She called it our church. She said, and they just treated me like a no-faced entity. That hurt me. I was ashamed of white people. There was no cause for that. None whatsoever. So she was uh, approached a a couple in the 
uh, Sam's Club, I think it was, uh, the other day, and, and she said, uh, I said, hey, how you doing? And they said, well, yeah. She said, so I pulled my mask down, maybe thinking they didn't realize who I was or recognize me. I sat around them. I won't tell you where she sits, or you might realize it was you. And she said, won't it be good to get back in the house of the Lord? And then she started, they started telling her in a little rampage of why they couldn't wear a mask and da 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 and but she had one on. She said, Pastor, I never felt so rejected by people that are supposed to love me at all. Now you and I know you ain't white. Yes. You know that, RJ? Okay. You know that, Chris, huh? You know we ain't white. You ain't white. I am white. Right? Okay. And these guys come to my house and they fish and eat and hunt and they do all that kind of stuff. Rick comes to my house just to complain about everybody he has in his church. But, and you know I'm not black. Until you get in your truck. Until I get in my truck. <laughs> That is true. That, that is true. I tell people I want to look like a banker, have a tie like a black man, and shoes like a black man. Why? So my feet can talk, my tie can shine, and I can look good. That's, that's what. Now, now, you are black. You uh, are, have you ever had something racist? happened to you among the brother? Yes. Really? Well, you're wanting to tell me, so tell me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They'll get over it. I, I've been criticized just for um, my views, you know, from my perspective. From my experience. From a black man's perspective. Mm -hmm. But you get criticized because you come to a white man's church. I used to a lot. A lot. You don't too, not too much now. Well, because I've given responses to those things. So. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but you know that racism is alive. Yes. Yes. It is alive today. Uh, another young man I was talking to in our church that in Sydney, Ohio has been pulled over numerous times even though he lives in that neighborhood because of the kind of car that he drives. It's not what they think he should drive. So they pull him over. They pull his kids over. Racism is very much alive in America. We can be religiously racist. That means when you think your faith is superior to somebody else's. Not that you agree with their belief system. You don't have to do that. Because they are wrong and they need to be saved and they need to hear the gospel. But there is only one place that there is equality and that is in Christ Jesus. And you and I 
when we get born again, we don't get engrafted to a new society. We don't get engrafted to new way of thinking or turning over new leaf. We get baptized, saturated, infused into one person, Jesus Christ. And we lose our identity and we receive his. And Jesus came and he had value on all men because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus didn't just come for the black, the white, the yellow, the green. He came the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. And that was motivated by God's love, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love is the great equalizer. Understand that. Only when there is a void of love is racism and indifference manifest. How many of your of you have ever held your newborn baby in your arms, loved him while everybody else was moving away from you because what he'd been eating had just been processed. Huh? Yeah. You love him, so you smell it in. Oh, did you have a good bowel movement? Look around you, mama. There ain't nobody left on the bus. Yes, he had a good bowel movement. But people that don't love your child will call him that is the stinkiest, stinking baby I've ever smelled a stink from. It's opinions. We've heard beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's why some of us have good-looking spouses. Because they were blinded for a moment. And then after they got money, they wanted to correct all of their mishaps. Amen? Now, let's turn our Bibles to Luke 5, 51. Now, again, I'm not declaring anything that you probably don't know. I'm just bringing it to our minds that we need to think about how we act and how we're responding. My Christianity is not worth a manifestation of my senses. It is not worth a snide remark. It, it, it's just not worth dividing or devaluing any human being. It's not. And in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to set Jesus' preference aside, which means let all men come unto me that are heavy, laden, and I will give you rest. In Luke, the fifth chapter, and verse 51, do you have that on there? Oh, is he, oh. okay, I have it in my Bible. Luke, the fifth chapter. Uh, 
Verse 51, Luke 5, 51. Is that it? Well, it can't be it. What's wrong with that? I'm telling you what. Praise God. What is wrong with you folks? You should have read the... Let's go to Romans uh, 10 and verse 13 about how Jesus makes you and I qualified by one redemption. Hallelujah. It's hard to concentrate when Phyllis is walking around the house getting ready. Sometimes it's just not that good looking. I'm kidding you. All right. Romans 10, 13. We got it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Redemption brings all men to the level of equality. And it brings them all to a level of value. Jesus died to save the world. God's love is given to everyone, no matter what color, what age. No matter male or female, sexual preference, or that which is right or that which is wrong. Love is extended to all of them. The opportunity to be saved is to all people. Because we all need it. God is not a respect of persons. Even in the sinner world, God is not a respect of persons. You do good, good is done back to you. If you do evil, you'll reap evil. And that's for sinner and saint. When we partake of God's provision of salvation, we become one with Jesus Christ. And as he is in this world, so are we. Now, how is Jesus? He's not a respect of persons. He loves all men. Amen? And if you go to 1 John 3, 1 through 3. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. I'm so glad that God loved me. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now remember that we were all haters of God. There was none that did righteous, none that sought God, none that cared about God, yet God sought you and I. And then it says, bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew not him. In other words, we should be people of responses that are foreign to the world. We are not to be one of the crowd. Amen? Amen? We are not to be one of the crowd. Verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, 
for we shall see him as he is. Next verse. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Do you know that Jesus was discriminated against because he was a Jew? Do you know that he was rejected by Samaria? When James and John was walking with Jesus, he, Jesus, turned in to go to the city to gain uh, food and things for the travel, and the city of Samaria said, don't come in here. They were racist. They rejected Jesus. And old John and James said, hey, would you have us call down fire on those guys? Jesus said, you don't even know what type of spirit that you are. So think of this. Your responses to racism come from a spirit that's not familiar with you and you're not familiar with. It is demonic. Amen? Galatians 3.26 says that we are all the seed of Abraham, heirs and sons and daughters of God. We are all the seeds of Abraham. But because Samaria was not a pure seed of Abraham out of Sarah and Abraham's loins, they were discarded. Remember, it was so deep that the woman at the well said, why would you, being a Jew, ask of me a drink of water? He ends up ministering to her because God wants to meet all the needs of all men and all women. And when she sees who Jesus is, she goes back, and guess what? The city receives her. She's not just a woman living with somebody, having five husbands. She now has a message from God and they see her differently. Everybody should see us differently. Amen. Love is the great provider. And when love provides you with the mind of Christ, the value system of God, then you and I are to live by it. Romans 5, 8 says that the love of God, the same love that gave His only begotten Son, this is the love of God that we perceive, that He loved us and gave His only begotten Son. That same type of love resonates in you and I because it's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And we are not to have a problem in loving people even though we don't understand them. So Jesus says there's no respect to persons. He says there's neither male nor female. I mean, there's racism against females. Yeah. 
So love is the great provider. Do you know that you have been provided with love to keep you from offense? And it doesn't matter what people do to you, you are still called to draw up out of that provision of love to even love your enemies. Love your enemies. Well, I don't like them. I understand that. Love your enemies. And the Bible says in Romans 13, 8, that love works no ill to a neighbor. In other words, it does not give any place for any wickedness to be born. Now that's what love does. And if we're doing any type of wickedness against any people, then we are not walking in love. Let's go to Mark 12, 28. Mark 12, 28. Mark 12, 28 says this. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which of the first commandment is the greatest of all? Jesus answered and said, the first of the commandments is... To hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second commandment is just as powerful and as weighty as the first. The second is like Namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment than these. Do you realize that you fulfill the law when you walk in love, and when you don't, you become guilty of it? But you've been empowered by God. Somebody say, I've been empowered. Love empowers people to overlook diverse circumstances and still respond in a Christ manner. Amen. In fact, you should not even judge people unless you have grown in love. What does love do? We all know. Go to 1 Corinthians 13.1. We know, we do know that in John the third chapter that if you see your brother have a need. Now what is your brother? We love our neighbor as ourselves. Who is our brother? Your neighbor. Anybody that you know is your brother. And you need to love him. And what happens is if we see our brother in need and shut up the bowels of compassion in us, the question is where is the love of God? Because it's been deposited in you, what has stolen it? And it says, though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, 
and I have not charity or love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long. It is kind. It does not envy. Charity vaunteleth not itself. It is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. And it thinks no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. It beareth all things. It believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. Phyllis, did you read that? Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fall. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. If we are going to walk in love and not be racist, if we're going to have the heart of Christ for all mankind, then it's time that we change our natural rhetoric. Let's go to Matthew 15, 26. Love and faith, love and faith make people equal if they will accept them and apply it. Love is the great provider. Faith is what causes it to work. Matthew 15, 26. And he answered and said, Is it not meant to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs? This is talking about a Canaanite woman that has come. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. What was the thing that made her equal to a Jew. Thy faith. And be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very same hour. Now the disciples said, send her away. They were racist. They were absolutely racist. But they had not been converted. They had not been born again. But this woman comes, and she comes with faith in her heart. And if we want to live in true equality with every race, they have got to hear about the love of Christ, and they have got to see us demonstrate it, and we have got to live by faith. 
Nobody can hinder your life if you accept God's love plan and use your faith in it. Ask Joseph. Nobody can do that. The Bible says, let men see your good works that they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Do you want to be known as a child of God? Then do good works. Do good when evil is present. Love and faith make people equal if it is accepted and applied. Now, there are all types of prejudice. There are all types of likes and dislikes. You know, nation, even people that are the same color hate people that are of a lighter color. You know, uh, what, a year ago, it was all the Latinos. We were all against the Latinos. But it wasn't that was the case. What we should have done was start praying for immigration reform. Something that could be applied to people that are legitimately seeking refuge. But we didn't. We didn't pray. We complained, but we didn't pray. The church is the only entity that holds the key to a nation to be healed. And if we would take all of the times that we sat down, scrutinize, complain, and all that kind of stuff, and invest it in prayer, God could change lives. Now, I don't know if I've ever, uh, have I made a racist remark to you besides you ain't white, Rick, and you don't know it, or uh, have I made any, but I go, uh, yeah, I'm sure I have because I don't even think about it, but he talks to me like, uh, you white folks don't even know what it's all about, and, uh, but we're friends because we love one another. Those trivial things don't mount to much. That's right. I mean, you trust me with your son. Absolutely. And am, am I the only guy who put you in the tree where you saw a deer? You're right. He didn't learn that in the hood. You're right about that. You learned it. Now, though we make mistakes at any time, he can say, you know what, I didn't like that. Okay, I won't say that again. Or I can tell him, you know what, I didn't like that. We can do that because we love one another. doesn't mean that all differences go away. It means that they don't become inflammatory towards the other. Love absorbs things. So we love one another. Our differences are not all going to go away, but they don't have to turn in to race issues. Amen. Don't have to turn into race issues. So we 
want to start walking in love. Now, I know that you all know that. I know that you know you all have your opinions and all that. But prayer can change something. Opinions will not. In fact, Rick the other day said, Pastor, let's set up. I'm going to start calling other churches, and this is in motion. And we're going to... You got a lot of money there. Are you wanting to pay me off? <laughs> I'm not too proud to take it. No. So we're calling churches to join on board with us to fast every week and to pray for this issue that is bringing our nation to its limited boundaries. That's the only thing that's going to change it. Well, we need to talk. Absolutely, we need to talk. But we also need to pray. One without the other will not get the job done. So we need to pray. Now, I'm sure some of you say, well, I come here to get the truth. Well, you got it as plain as I could see it. So I just reminded you everything you already know. So... Let's just take the provision of love that blinds us to everybody's faults, our likes and our dislikes, and let's start loving people. And then start using our faith to change ourselves and to change others. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's stand our feet. Father, I know that you are a God of miracles. I know that you're not a respect of persons. I know that your heart is for every facet of your creation. And God, I ask that you help us represent you by love actions, love verbiage, and love attitudes. God, we don't understand it. I, I, I don't know what it's like to see someone of my race killed openly. I, I don't know. Tore my heart that an American, that a human being was killed. God, it causes me to get distraught when I see killings. People killing people. For no reason. For no reason. Father, help us as Christians not retaliate. I think of Israel as the midwives were commanded to destroy the children. Israel never rose up. God, I think of how Herod, out of a jealous rage, killed all the children under two years old when Jesus was born. How the Jewish people have been persecuted. The Polish people. The Irish people. The black people. The Indian people, God. 
Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and God, Americans, the rich and the poor, how we struggle and fight over zeros at the end of our value system. God, let us be Jesus people, just Jesus people. Let us pull out of the provision to care, to speak right, to think right, have a good attitude, and to love one another. God, help us love. That they will know that we are your disciples.